0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott Hey yo! Is that a younger product? It's
1: gonna be! Jeff. The green rise to the top, oh yeah. And you're listening to... All of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable.
0: Have your own wrestle menu with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure... each sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the
2: Matt Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 281 of the Fully Opposable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff, sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say Hello. Hello. Scott, before we get into basically what we did this past week and shenanigans, we want to thank Marty DeRosa for coming on last week. It was such a blast talking to him. And on top of that, just a few days after we recorded with him and the show dropped, him and Sarah got engaged. We want to congratulate both of them on their engagement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Huge congratulations to Marty and Sarah. And Marty, from me to you... Thank you so much for coming on last week. We absolutely had a blast talking to you, and I always look forward to our episodes. We enjoy all of our guests, but Marty, huge, huge thank you for last week, and big time congratulations to you and Sarah. I'm so happy for you guys. Scott, what's going on, man? Well, this week we have Bankster Barry going through the body, powering me through the show. We're at a lemon drop. I think I mentioned that. We had like uh, approximately 182 cans in the garage at one point. Around there, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. But unfortunately, local supermarket completely out of lemon drops now. We cleaned them out, and now we're out of the lemon drops. So it's off to the mix and match flavors, Bankster Berry today. And aside from that, dude, I'm really crushed by those releases that just happened in WWE. I think and you and I were kind of talking about this before we started recording. I think Braun Strowman has to be the biggest miss out of all of them. I know there's a lot of Aleister Black fans. I'm one myself. A lot of Murphy fans, even some Lana fans out there, some Ruby Riot fans. But with Braun's career trajectory when he was uh, the, the monster among men and he was in the Wyatt family squashing dudes, came out of that and he was feuding with Roman and they actually put Braun over in that feud, that was kind of his moment. And you could see them definitely grooming him for bigger and better things, which by all accounts should have been the world heavyweight title. And while he did win that at WrestleMania last year, it, it I think it was just too little too late. He had a not so glowing title run after he finally did win the title and he beat Goldberg when everybody knew that was going to happen. They just needed somebody to take the belt off of him. He only held it until SummerSlam. And... Just an unremarkable run. And I think everything kind of derailed when they had him losing to Brock Lesnar. And that sucks because the way that they were building Braun up, like I said, you could see that they were pushing and grooming him for something, and it should have been the world title. And going up against Brock Lesnar, the way they had booked him up to that point, everything said, okay, this is his moment. This is when he should beat Brock and become, quote unquote, the guy. And I I don't know what it was behind the scenes. I don't know why they didn't want him to be champion. But I think that's the moment where they missed the mark and everybody kind of started to sour on Braun a little bit. Like, okay, you made this monster, but he doesn't have it. He doesn't have enough to get over the hump and be champion. And that sucks. And then they kind of messed up his character. He was faced, right? And they they stuck him with a kid at WrestleMania, won the tag titles. Oh, that's all good fun. But then the crowd kind of soured on that a little bit. And then I, I, they were trying to get Roman over as face more and so they kind of turned Braun heel for a minute and sided him with with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler and that didn't really make any sense and then they turned him back face and then suddenly you have big show syndrome right like heel and face too many times and nobody cared and that is the death knell for a character and so I think ultimately all that said I think ultimately they missed the mark And I've heard rumors that he was making too much money, whatever. But I don't think that he'd be making too much money if they had continued with the direction they had pointed him in way back in like 2017. He was on the right track. He was building momentum. That was organic. The crowd actually got behind him. WWE was doing something right. And then they didn't. And not pulling the trigger on him. Too many start stops. uh, They just missed the mark. And that it sucks for Braun... It sucks for everybody that was released. And you could make the same argument I just made for Braun for anybody that just got released. But I think, just my opinion, I think the biggest miss was Braun. And regarding Alistair, I don't think he should have ever left NXT. Especially when you look at the talent pool that's there now. You put him into a feud with and Cross. I think there's money all over that. I think... They just didn't know what to do with him when he hit the main roster. And I don't want to get any deeper. We're a wrestling figure show, not a wrestling show. Just kind of wanted to give my two cents because it sucks when good people lose their jobs. That's what happened this week. People got released. It sucks. They'll all land somewhere, of course. The wrestling world is huge. Maybe we'll get figures of them from another toy manufacturer now. But they'll all land on their feet somewhere. Super talented group that got released, and that sucks. But they will succeed somewhere else. And kind of my ace in the hole out of everybody that got released yesterday. Well, today's Thursday we're recording. Yesterday being Wednesday. Murphy. Murphy is so super talented. He's an excellent in-ring talent. Which is funny because I hated Blake and Murphy as a tag team in NXT. But I loved Murphy as a singles character and as a singles wrestler. He has a ton of potential that WWE kind of scratched the surface on. But I think somewhere like Impact possibly even NJPW, give him the long form matches, he's going to blow people away. I think out of everybody, when they land somewhere else, I think Murphy is going to be the biggest impact out of all of them.
2: The Braun Strowman thing kind of surprised me because it was like a his career kind of mirrored Ryback's. Like Ryback came in with this, oh my God feeling, and then it was just seemed like it was crushed. Like, almost instantaneously.
0: Now, you're talking about Ryback, not Skip Sheffield, correct? Uh,
2: Correct. Okay. Yes. Yes. I would agree with you.
0: He was like the cyborg, like, almost like the second coming of Goldberg, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like, just bad booking decisions, maybe. And again, backstage, you don't know what goes on, right? Like, there could be something about their character, who they are as a person, that weighs into whether or not they are pushed to that next level. I don't know if that's what derailed Ryback. I don't know if that's what derailed Braun. But as a fan, on the outside looking in, it sucks.
2: Well, I think Braun would fit in perfect over a New Japan, booking him like a Vader
1: type.
0: Yes. Or, yes, or a Brody or a Hanson.
2: Yep, exactly. So I think he would fit in perfect there. So, but as you said, we are not a wrestling show. We are a wrestling figure podcast, and that's why I'm about to crack open a bang energy drink. Dude. Which is Wildin' Watermelon. Ooh, ooh, you got the new watermelon flavor. So, I've got to admit, I've already cracked one open. Lucky. Basically, I know the flavor, but it doesn't taste like watermelon.
0: Okay, it, is that just, like, weird marketing?
2: I think so. It tastes like rainbow unicorn to me.
0: Oh. Interesting. I wonder what they added to it, if anything, to to call it watermelon instead of just putting out more cans of the unicorn.
2: I don't know. It just it just tastes like rainbow unicorn. Like I don't mind it. It's not my favorite.
0: Interesting.
2: It, but it's it tastes like rainbow unicorn to me. Almost like so. Well, if that's
0: the case, then I'm gonna be skipping that one.
2: It's uh better than that trash rattle, radical skedaddle.
0: How dare you, sir?
2: Trash.
0: How dare you did they eliminate champagne i think so i never see that one anymore and it was outstanding that sucks i think they still have root beer though again weird marketing decisions
2: yeah the uh, radical skedaddle is trash it's so okay, much you tra- can stop it's so much trash that the houston astros like adapt it as their favorite bang energy drink that's hella funny thank you <laughs> way <Wait> to <and laughs>
0: knock a bang flavor and the astros in one swing Excellent job, dude.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry to all the Astros fans out there. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. You're lying. Any team that beats the Dodgers in the World Series, you've got my thumbs up.
0: (laughs) That was one of those World Series where you're waiting for Bane to show up, and the Earth opens up and swallows both teams whole.
2: Like Breaker and Bane?
0: No, not Breaker and Bane. Oh. Bane from the Batman
2: movie, dude. That would be cool if Bane from Breaker and Bane dressed as Bane for Halloween. <laughs> it's so literal. <laughs> if anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Opposable WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Fully com or head on over to Podbean and you can listen to episode one, which we don't recommend you doing. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please write and review on iTunes. And we are getting to the questions tonight. But if you have any questions, send on over any questions to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, have you purchased anything lately or have you done any toy spotting?
0: No. Actually, it's been kind of quiet the last week. Just been kind of like doing stuff around the house. Haven't really gotten out much. I do have Flint and Lady J on the way. I think they're landing here tomorrow from the uh, the G.I. Joe series. There's a G.I. Joe event happening tomorrow through Hasbro Pulse. So I'm excited to see the latest offerings from Hasbro for those. Nothing new to report in the toy world on my side.
2: Yeah, nothing over here as well. I'm kind of looking around the room. I was like, what did I get? What did I get? I did get the Cena NWO thing. That was cool. Oh,
0: you did get that. I didn't think you were going to purchase that.
2: I did get it. The bad thing is is that you have to break open the front part to see the figure inside and we know that I don't do that over here. So you purchased a box. I purchased a box. That's all it is. Oh, good for you. It's fitting. I can't see Cena.
0: <laughs> well done.
2: Thank you. Actually, I just came up with that on the fly right now. <laughs> well,
0: that's, you're a host extraordinaire, dude. That's We expect nothing less.
2: Aw, oh, thanks, dude.
0: I was being sarcastic.
2: Oh.
0: A host extraordinaire would pick up on that. <laughs> oh.
2: Scott, so this show basically tonight is going to be news and listener, because we haven't gotten to the listener in the past couple of weeks, so we are going to get in all the questions tonight. We also have a lot of news due to the AEW stuff from Double or Nothing this past weekend. So, with all that said, Scott, would you like to get into the news? Yeah,
0: let's just fly right into it. Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today.
2: Scott, we are gonna kick it off with Zombie Sailor Toys. This week he announced... The signing of Hercules. So we've had the announcement of Paul Roma, and now we're getting Hercules. So we're getting a little PNG going on over there.
0: Yes, and you have to wonder if he's going to do several versions of Hercules, right? Because you'll want him from his singles run because we haven't had a Hercules figure since LJN, right? Correct. And that figure was in his like Roman gear. He had his, his chest plate on and all of that stuff. He wasn't actually in... He had his trunks and boots on, but he wasn't in his like in-ring wrestling gear. He was in his entrance gear. So technically, we've never had an in-ring Hercules figure. So that would be a definite want. But then with the announcement of Paul Roma, you've got to think power and glory as well. So we'll see what happens. But it, I think when you have a guy, and you've talked about this, Jeff, when you've got a guy under a deal, if he's had several iterations of a character, you want to get all those out as quickly as possible before the deal expires. So hopefully that's what zombie sailors doing is we'll get a couple versions of Hercules. That guy needs figures. Who zombie sailor, not zombie sailor Hercules.
2: Oh, 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 okay.
0: I think Hercules is going to sell really well for him.
2: I do too. I think getting the power and glory tag team set, if they do Hercules in that outfit, them two together will do well for him.
0: And power and glory fits perfectly into that Hasbro era that I've often mentioned as does his Dino Bravo. So Kudos to Zombie Sailor on that one. That's a big get.
2: Also, sticking with Zombie Sailor, he showed off the packaging that he's going to be be using for these figures. It'll be a black package. It'll look like the Hasbro card. It'll have the wrestler, if you're looking at the package, to the right. And it will say heels and faces up in the upper left-hand corner. The card I was telling Scott before we started recording has a very... ECW-ish undertones to it and it's not only the writing of the heels and faces up in the upper left hand corner it just has an ecw feel i'm not talking about the old san francisco toy maker figures i'm talking about just the feeling of it is just when you look at it you see ecw so we're going to move along to cella toys who's also doing hasbro style figures And huge news from Chella. They announced they are making an Atom Bomb slash Brian Clark figure. He will be in a yellow and black singlet with removable goggles. Brilliant. And sticking with Brian Clark, he was on pulling up a chair with Tim this past week. So go check that out. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet as the show dropped today and we, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but great job, Tim, getting uh, Brian Clark slash Adam Bob.
0: Absolutely. Tim, I'm so happy for you, dude. That is a fantastic get, especially with the announcement of his new figure. So many fans are going to be clamoring to get that one that cannot get his Hasbro. Now they can get the Cella, and it's kind of got that upgrade with a different outfit and the removable goggles, which I think is absolutely brilliant by Cella to do that. And on top of that, Tim had him on pulling up a chair. So, Tim, kudos on that one. Super happy for you, buddy.
2: This will be Adam Bomb's third figure. He had the Hasbro, the Jax Classic, and now this. Three. I think there was some unreleased Chronic figures, too. They were supposed to come out for WCW, if I'm not mistaken. Yes,
0: that's correct. Uh, Toy Biz had Chronic lined up, ready to come out, and then they didn't.
2: Yep. So that is it for Zombie Sailor and Chella Toys. Great job, Chella, on getting an atom bomb. That just hits in the feels right here. So great job, guys. Moving along to AEW. The AEW Real Scale Ring will come with Ref Aubrey. It will be her first figure. It looks like Aubrey. But the cool touch was is on the hands. They had her painted nails. She does different color uh, fingernails. I don't have fingernails, Scott, so I can't. I, can't, I don't even know what these things are.
0: Stop chewing them off.
2: <laughs> hey, I blame you for that. It is I, totally my fault. I watched you do it one, one time coming home from Best, and I was like, well, that looks delicious. So, anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Our parents didn't feed us, so we had to resort to fingernails.
2: <laughs> but going back to the Ref you, she will be coming with an AEW Real Scale ring. Now we're going to hit a little bit. Our first part of nostalgia, I should say. Let's start with the Pillow Buddies. AEW Pillow Buddies are coming. The first four will be Luchasaurus, Cody. What?
0: That's weird. They're making Cody?
2: Uh, surprising. And he'll be in the Paul Orndorf LJN style where he's got like the most muscular pose where he's yes. buff.
0: Yeah. Also Ken Patera.
2: Yep, exactly. Kenny Omega, Kenny will actually be in the pointing, like the gun thing that he does at the beginning of the match. And Darby Allen. he'll be all painted up. So that is the first bit of a nostalgia for AEW.
0: Are you saying that there could be some more coming soon, Jeff?
2: Yeah, look at that. Also, Amazon exclusive. Chris Jericho will have a pink cloth shirt and glasses that will be an Amazon exclusive now let's get over to unmatched series one a lot of you are like what makes these different from unrivaled well there isn't much but here's what jeremy said aew unrivaled and aew unmatched are one same scale two same quality three same packaging footprint four extensions of one another And five, allow us to get additional retail space plus more figures. Watch for two packs, exclusives, accessories, rings, and sets to build out your AEW experience. So, basically, it is just another run of Unrivaled.
0: Interesting. Because normally we get your less expensive figure, like the Mattel model of basic, elite, ultimate edition. So, this is just... They already had a quote-unquote elite series with Unrivaled, and now all they did was add another elite series to it called Unmatched. Is that what I'm understanding from this? I'm guessing there's no difference in price point?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, dude. Um, Think of it going back to the BCA days of, you know, we had our main line of BCAs. But then how many other lines did we have that were BCAs? Oh, yeah, like Like, Shotgun
0: Saturday Night and then... WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just kind of think of it like that. That's what I had to do because I was thinking that same thing. I was like, there is no difference between the two? Like, what the hell? And then I started thinking, okay, well, that's no different than the BCAs back in the day. That's no different than Defining Moments and Elites, except Defining Moments were only two per and not six per series.
0: Okay, so I'm guessing there's no difference in price point either. It's 19.99.
2: Jeremy did not say that, but I'm figuring it will be the same price.
0: Well, they look just like the unrivaled in terms of quality and accessories. So, ugh, okay. 20 bucks yep. a figure, I'm guessing. That's cool.
2: So, Unmatched Series 1. Kenny Omega, Darby Allin, Miro, which is AEW's first offering of Rusev slash Miro. Britt Baker finally got her figure. I put gold dust. I noticed (laughs) that.
0: I wasn't going to say anything because, you know, I'm a professional and all.
2: Hey, listeners, listeners, my bad.
0: (laughs) Jeff effed up his notes.
2: It's not (laughs) gold dust. And to round out Unmatched Series 1, Cody, but Cody will be in LJN style. And that's the other piece of nostalgia that we were talking about.
0: Yes, yes. Um, is that Cody or is that Drago from Rocky four? Hmm. Can't really tell
2: either or dude.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. But Drago didn't <laughs> have a horrible neck tattoo. So that's gotta be Cody.
2: I don't think they have the, well, according to the picture, I don't see the neck tattoo on there. They
0: have to have it on there,
2: but he will be in the left arm. It's almost like the Greg Valentine pose, but the arm is more cocked up a little bit and not in a lariat style like greg hammer valentine was
0: okay so it'll be like a body slam like a in the the lift part of it
2: yeah but except doing it left-handed instead of right-handed
0: right oh and Britt baker's gonna have a variant as well
2: unmatched series two tay conti wardlow that'll be his first figure and Tay's first figure as well sting he will have the bat and long jacket according to the pictures mjf Will come with a robe. Now, this is the figure that should have come out with the one of 500 or the one of 1,000, whatever he had. Th- that would have separated the main run line from the one of. Agreed. This is the f- does have a high secondary market, but that's because times are stupid right now.
0: Well, the run number helps it as well.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, like, the one of was just a scarf. If you would have put him in this robe, that would have made this uh, one of more desirable. Personal opinion. And Santana and Ortiz to round out Unmatched Series 2, Unmatched Series 3. Brody Lee, which I think is great. Yeah, absolutely. Stu Grayson, John Silver, Anna Jay, Evil Uno, and the LJN-style figure will be Darby Allen. So that will be this, as of right now, I believe that is the second LJN-style figure.
0: Yeah. That's cool. So this is kind of like when the Jax Classic Superstars that Jeremy was responsible for did that LJN love letter. We're all huge fans of that. The packaging's even going to resemble the old LJN figures of the past. So all in all, they are definitely paying proper service to the LJNs. So my concern is that the Young Bucks LJNs that had come out a couple of years back, they didn't look the greatest. So I'm reserving judgment on these. We saw a rendering of what Cody's going to look like, and we saw a grayed-out sculpt of what Darby Allen is going to look like. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens with these LJN love letters by
2: Jazzwares. Unrivaled Series 7, Nyla Rose, which not only is this her first figure, if I'm not mistaken, this is the very first transgender figure, isn't it?
0: i believe it is yes
2: kudos to them absolutely cash wheeler dax lance hoyt and nick and matt jackson that will be unrivaled series seven that's Um, a
0: really solid assortment right there dude
2: it is you've got two sets of tag teams right there you got yeah nick nick and matt and um i i I want to say dash wilder and Scott Dawson, that's because I'm looking at their figures right now. They're literally right in front of me, but...
0: You can call them The Revival. It's fine. You called Miro Rusev, so it's fine. We all know who you're talking about.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You get a pass. At least I didn't put it on the notes, right?
0: Exactly. Yes. You were very professional in your notes, except for Goldust.
2: And uh, Lance Hoyt, I'm actually excited about that figure.
0: Yeah. You haven't had many Lance Hoyt figures. I think we got one from Toy Biz, and that was pretty much it. So... Here's this offering. Um, I hope it's as good as that Toy Biz was.
2: And Unrivaled Series 8, Trent, Sexy Chucky T, Chris Statlander, all three of those will be debut figures for AEW, John Moxley, Orange Cassidy, and Chris Jericho. That will be Unrivaled Series 8. Those were all the reveals from this past week.
0: Yeah, pretty shocking that they announced two Unrivaled Series... And not one Cody Rhodes in there. I think that's a record for them, right? Two consecutive series?
2: Well, they had to throw him into the Unmatched.
0: Well, no, totally. And and even that one is in the LJN style. And yeah, he's getting a pillow buddy too, but but you get back-to-back sets of Unrivaled and no Cody Rhodes. That's pretty
2: shocking. Yeah, well, they're starting to expand their roster, which is good, so. Absolutely. Yep, so that was it for the AEW reveals. Scott, actually, I want to kind of trickle back to what you mentioned earlier about the G.I. Joe. I shouldn't say the G.I. Joe. The Hasbro uh, reveals for tomorrow. What are you hoping for? What are you thinking is going to be in there?
0: Well, I'm hearing rumors of Dr. Mindbender and Barbecue as the next Cobra Island exclusive to Target. I'm really hoping to see more of the retro series from Walmart because I know a lot of people have crapped on those, but I actually like them. I think that they're cool. I love the vehicle assortments and maybe another vehicle from the classified series. I'd like to see him... Die. We talked to Marty a little bit about that last week. Something smaller scale, like maybe the motorcycle or even the Jeep, the Vamp. Something like that. I think that'd be cool. Or even a His Tank. I think that would be awesome if they took a stab at that with the Driver exclusive. Probably going to pay like 80 Yeah, 70 or 80 bucks for it, but totally worth it. So just hoping to see some new stuff. I don't want to see more retread names like Roadblock and Scarlet and another Destro. Like, give those... Even Snake Eyes, give those names a rest. Like, give us more... From the names that we grew up with. That's kind of what I'm hoping for.
2: Okay. I was kind of curious what you think thinking you were in to see.
0: Yeah, you know what? And we're long overdue for a stalker figure from G.I. Joe. So give us stalker. I'll even be happy with Flash. Give us Flash. That would be awesome. But we'll wait. I'm really excited to watch and see what they're going to offer. But again, you know, here they go with the Target exclusives. If they go on sale that morning, we'll see if I finally get lucky with the Target. Or it also if you get lucky with the Target, Jeff.
2: Didn't Dan Spivey play a stalker character?
0: Yes, and he was called Waylon Mercy. He was actually based off of uh, De Niro's character in Cape Fear.
2: That's right, that's right. And I know Bray Wyatt actually picked his brain regarding that character when he was coming up with the Bray
0: Wyatt character. Yeah, a lot of similarities between those guys. You could definitely see where they were drawing those parallels. It's pretty awesome.
2: Yep. Scott, we're going to round out the show with the listener segment. We are getting to the listener. We have put it off. For the past two weeks, and we apologize, but we're gonna get to your question. So it is time to hit up the listener segment. And I just wanna hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just wanna hear from my people, and I just listen to Scott. Listeners. Getting into the listener segment, first question comes in from on Instagram. Vamp 55 Figs. Hey Jeff and Scott, thanks for doing the show. Enjoy listening on my drive to work on Monday mornings. Hey man, glad to make your commute a little bit easier. My question Are Facebook raffles good for collecting or bad for collecting? Me personally, I hate them. Some very shady people, not all, but the majority, seem to run them. In my opinion, these things are worse than scalping, and it's not close. I recently saw on Facebook a raffle that was 100 spots at $100 a spot.
0: Wow, what what were they winning?
2: Uh, Someone is making 10 k Just wanted to hear your thoughts. I don't know. He didn't say, but wow.
0: Oh, my gosh. Something like that. That's crazy.
2: $10,000? Like, what what figure is that?
0: Oh, my goodness. Was it a black card uh, LJN Hogan? (laughs)
2: I will take that for a thousand
0: dollars. Jeez. That's insane. Yeah. When prices are like that, he's absolutely right. That's just, that's pure scalping. And I mean, if you're a collector and you're desperate for it, but you don't have the funds to purchase like Jeff, I think for a while you were uh, trying to win the 86 heavyweight title. Correct. Through raffles and whatnot. I've never had any good luck in them. So as a rule, I don't participate in them. I know you didn't have any good luck in them with the belts, Uh, As far as the people putting them on, I I don't know if they're good or bad people. I I couldn't speak to that. But I always know that I lose when I do those. So as a rule, I just don't participate in them. But it it is kind of crazy when you start doing the math to see what they get out of it if they sell out the the raffle. What they're selling the figure for at the end of it, it's like, man, it's great if you're a collector and you can get it for a lower price. But the person that's selling the figure just did way better than they would have done on eBay. So... Yeah, at the end of the day, that is – it's kind of hard to say scalping on a retired piece, like on a green card Hasbro or something like that. But, man, like on a current figure, sometimes those things go for way more than what they should. And I'm not a big fan of that either. So just personally as a rule, I don't participate.
2: But do you feel that they're good for collecting or bad for collecting?
0: I think if you're – like I said, if you're a collector that doesn't really have the funds to go out, like say a one-two-three kid – is in a raffle, right? And you don't have the funds to go plunk down a thousand or whatever he's going for now, but you can buy your way in for, you know, 20 bucks. You know, you buy four or five spots and hope for the best. And if you win, Hey, that's amazing. And that's going to promote you to go do more raffles, right? When you have really good luck in one, you're going to want to play some more, but as a rule, I always lose at them. And maybe that is influencing why I wouldn't ever do it again, or I would tell people not to do it. But as a rule, I myself, I, I just don't, don't participate. If you continually win at them, more power to you. In that case, it's great for the collector because you're getting a figure at a fraction of what you pay for it on the secondary market. But as a rule, I don't participate.
2: Yeah, I kind of learned my lesson with with those <clears throat> because it was with that 86 title, we just kept losing. And then we were doing buy-ins to raffles to get more spots in the main raffle to get the 86 title. And we wouldn't even hit on those. So, um, but it's all up to the collector. Do you know, what do they think? You know, do they, if they hit on a one, two, three kid, and then let's say they hit on a, another green card and all they had to do was spend 40 bucks and they just got lucky. Yeah. Like you said, Scott, it's great for collecting. But to the people that have been putting into numerous raffles, dropping forty bucks a spot or twenty bucks a spot, and they still have not hit on one green card or one LJN or whatever they're putting in for the raffle, then it's it's frustrating for the collector in that aspect. So I guess it's it comes from two different sides. It's just the lucky side and the unlucky side. And I vamp. I feel for you, man, because. I'm on the unlucky side and I got to the point and even Celeste got to the point. We were just like done. We're not doing this anymore.
0: Well, at the end of the day, it's just gambling, right? Yeah. You're going to spend, you're going to pay to play and you could win or you could lose. And the odds are in your favor that you're going to lose. So that's to me enough to say, no, thanks. I'm good. But again, if you get lucky and you can, like you said, Jeff score a one, two, three kid for like a $40 buy-in, Well, holy crap, you just got the deal of the century.
2: Right, right. I understand why people do them. Uh, That $100 for 100 spots, that's insane. That'd be funny if they just put up like a regular elite. It's like a Carmella elite or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a Festus off-the-ropes figure from Jax.
2: (laughs) But uh, that's insane. And I'm not going to call the people shady, but that's... Something's got to be called out on that a little bit.
0: Well, I don't know what they put up for, for the win, right? Like, you spend that much money. Like, what was the grand prize?
2: Well, I mean, is it a unreleased figure? Like, is it a prototype of? Is it a Greg the Hammer Valentine prototype? Hasbro prototype?
0: Well, we don't know. that. That's what I'm saying is it, it may have been worth the $100 buy-in based on what it was. Like you said, if it's a prototype or something, then geez, yeah. Or like a killer con prototype or something like that would be, holy crap, of course, you know.
2: Let's, right, right.
0: Let's try to jump in and see if we win it. But yeah, it's, it's just gambling at the end of the day really is what it is.
2: Yeah. Hit us up, uh, Vamp. I'm actually kind of curious what the uh, figure was that was put up. Thank you again, Vamp. Scott, next question comes in from the great Christopher Dean. Hello, guys. Kind of sad to see the recent release of talent. It seems to me with Nick Khan seemingly taking the reins of all facets of WWE and other than creative, it seems there is some bigger play in motion. Unfortunately, it seems these talents are paying the price. Vince failed them. Plain and simple, I remember at Staples, the whole arena was ready to explode for Braun to beat Lesnar. And when it didn't happen, the whole place was deflated. It seems time and time again the miss on talent. People stop investing. In your opinion, does that derail fervor for figs, merch, and desire to see them live? Legends always seem to have a fervor around their release. Only a few current talents in WWE cause that. Fiend, Cross, and First Time in the Line seem to be the only exceptions. Do you think they need to refocus on the talent rather than the brand?
0: Wow. So if you don't mind, Jeff, I'll kind of jump in because it's funny. I kind of had a a conversation with Christopher about this. And I also had a conversation with Tim about it. And I'll be perfectly honest. I've I've really been lacking on watching wrestling lately. And I'll normally, like, catch up on results from Raw and SmackDown, stay on top of what's going on, and I'll watch the pay-per-views. Well, I haven't really been keeping up on results of the Monday and Friday shows And I didn't even watch the last pay-per-view. So I'm starting to... I I don't know if bored is the right word for it. But just maybe lose interest a little bit in the current product. But the weird thing is, is I'll watch old stuff all day. I love it. I'll go back and watch, you know, like an old WrestleMania. Or an old Starcade. Or an old Halloween Havoc. Or an old uh, SummerSlam. I'll watch the old stuff all the time. The newer stuff, I don't know what it is. It just, it's not holding my attention. It's not grabbing me. And I believe it was Tim that I was having the conversation with. I was saying you can kind of see on the, and this is going to answer Chris's question now, you can see on the wall how I've kind of tracked with my distaste with the current product, with how I'm collecting the figures. Because I've hung them up kind of sequentially with where I've gotten them or the time frame that I've gotten them. And it's a good mix, you know, back there on the wall, it's a good mix of current and past talent. But as you start to get closer to my newer stuff, it really starts to go into legends. So you're going to see a lot of fewer new stars and you're going to see way more legends. And I think that just goes hand in hand with my loss of interest in the main roster. And my love for the old product. You can see I've collected exactly the same way. My interest now lies mainly with the Legends figures, not just the Target exclusives. But any Legend that is in an Elite line, the Legends series themselves, the Ultimate Editions, I gravitate more towards the older names. And it, it just seems to be walking hand in hand with my distaste with the current state of wrestling, I guess. And to answer Chris's question, yes, my fervor that's that's a big word there jeff
2: i didn't know what that word was until you told me
0: yes my fervor for collecting newer stars isn't there my fervor lies with collecting legends and i think i've been pretty honest about that with my collection it's it's a lot of legends it's very legends heavy now especially over the last like year and a half that's almost exclusively what i've been collecting i think the viking raiders and bailey would be the exception. and Oh, and of course the Roderick Strong Elite and the Undisputed Era set that um, Tim got me. Aside from that, it's not a lot of newer stars. And I don't know if that's just old crotchety me. Because I don't want to be that guy that's like, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know. that Just the newer product isn't doing it for me right now. And that just could be a lull. You know, I could get right back into it. I love NXT. I want to exclude NXT from, from this discussion. But... Yes, Christopher. The the current stars, the new stars, my distaste for the product, all of that has led to me mostly collecting Legends figures and not much of newer talent. And we kind of touched on the Braun derailment a little bit earlier at the beginning of the show when we were talking about the releases. You know, I think Braun was their biggest miss. And so I'll echo exactly what Christopher said about the miss on Braun.
2: So actually, let's jump into this. So I'm not calling you out. I'm actually, as you said, you are not into the current product. So Zombie Sailor has Dino Bravo coming out, yeah, which falls into your era. Yeah, uh, Cella Toys has Dynamite Kid, which falls into your era. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Bomb, same thing. Why aren't you gung ho on these smaller companies? It seems like that those are the types of figures you should be jumping in on. It's price point. Okay. Well, that was easy. All right.
0: Yeah, well, it's price point. Like, do I want a Hasbro style figure for, you know, anywhere from what is it after shipping, like 30 to 50 bucks, 30 to 40 bucks, whatever it might be? Or do I want an Elite Hogan or an Elite Ultimate Warrior or an Elite Macho Man? Or do I want to spend 30 on an Ultimate Edition Edge or an Ultimate Edition Macho Man? You know, at the end of it, that's you're getting a hell of a figure in that Ultimate Edition Edge for 30 bucks and you're getting a has not that I'm I'm not trying to downplay what Chella and zombie are doing at all I'm just speaking from a dad with a budget for so many figures that I can buy in a month to a year it's I just have to put it all on the scale again I wish I had unlimited funds I would buy all of it zombie sailor would totally have my business Cella would totally have my business super seven with the new Japan figures would totally have my business but In my opinion, I get more bang for the buck out of the Mattels, and so that's that's where my budget's going to go.
2: Now, back in the day, you also were gung-ho on a lot of independent wrestling, specifically PWG. How come you're not open to AEW? It just seems like you're not—and maybe it goes to the WWF thing that you're not into the current product— But like, it seems like AEW would capture your interest, but you're just seem, you just don't seem to take to it. Is it that you're just, you have no connection to it. You're not interested in it. What is, what is that?
0: Yeah. I think maybe I've lost that loving feeling a little bit. Hate to date myself with that song reference, but I kind of did, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you just, you kind of hit a point where you're like, uh, and this is the first time in my life that it's happened to me. In fact, I spoke with Breaker about it. And I've said it many times on this show. Like, we grew up with wrestling and I've never lost that passion for it. And this right. is kind of the first time in my life that I kind of have. It, it just, I, I watch it. It doesn't, even watching WrestleMania, it was good. It was really good. But, yeah, okay. It, it, didn't, it didn't inspire me to want to watch Raw and SmackDown. You know, and, and granted, I know SmackDown has a superior show. Roman Reigns is being booked to the moon right now and it's so good. I know that. And Roman's being booked the way that he should. He's a monster and I love it. But just the entire thing, just it's it's not holding my interest right now. Be it AEW, I've never really watched New Japan. And I'll be honest, I've never watched an episode of AEW. I've seen a couple of their pay-per-views, but I've never seen an episode of AEW. Don't know that I plan to to be honest. I it's just I think right now I'm just at a like kind of a, a low point with wrestling and I'll watch older stuff like I, and I love doing homework for drunk wrestling history we get to watch the older pay-per-views and stuff but the newer product be it AEW or WWE I will draw the line at NXT I love NXT I don't watch it every week but I do love NXT but as a whole I just I don't have a lot of love for the current
2: day product I think and I don't know if it's the current day product or what it is but take WWE out of it and if you just watch one show a week and like say you got for WWE, you have Raw SmackDown pay per view. Instead of doing that, if you watched one NXT show a week and one AEW, I think it would kind of bring back that feeling of the NWA and you're getting your WWF. Mm, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'd stick with it for a couple weeks and see if there's anything that does capture you. Uh,
0: maybe. We'll see. And of course, you know, time weighs into it as well how much time you have to watch these shows. Cause NXT is two hours, AEW is two hours. They're adding more stuff on AEW. I think they're getting another show, but I, th- I just kind of hit a low point right now with wrestling. And that's new to me, you know, 47 years old and here, all of a sudden I'm getting the low point with wrestling still love the old stuff, but you can definitely tell it has influenced what figures I'm collecting.
2: Okay. I'll answer Christopher's question. So what I do is if I have a figure that I really want to get signed and the person has been released by WWE. I will go to an independent show around here, whether it's big time wrestling or APW. Now, granted, they haven't started up yet, but I will go to those shows with those figures and I will get them signed. So having the elite to go to a show to get signed, it feels good. It's like, OK, cool. I get to get this. I get to meet him. I get to slap down a 20 or yeah, 20 or 25 dollars. Get the figure signed. I'm happy it's in a paint pen. You know, you get that personal experience instead of, you know, walking up at access, putting your figure down, smile for the camera and bolt, kid, you know, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: kick you down the slide.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's what I did with Rich Swan. I had Rich Swann's Elite. He got released by WWE and went to an APW show, got his figure signed. So I actually like, okay, I know this sounds bad, but... I actually enjoy going to the independent show that these guys are at and being able to meet them. Same thing with WrestleCon. You know, I'll have their figures for WrestleCon and walk up to the table. I've I've already paid for their ticket and then put the figure down. So I enjoy that experience of them being on the independents more than being in WWE. Uh, did we answer Christopher's question? I think so. <laughs> I think we did. And I learned a new word, fervor.
0: Yes, I'm super impressed with that, Jeff. At what 42 years old and you finally learned what fervor is so we have christopher to thank for that
2: he's like the genius
0: it, yes christopher is now throw a frisbee at jeff
2: <laughs> please don't
0: but i'll agree with christopher you and i were at that la show when braun faced brock and the building did have that energy like okay this is it like this is the dude that's gonna beat brock lesnar and that didn't happen And you could kind of feel the energy, just like he said, sucked out of the building. And it was like, eh, okay, well, I don't know if I'm going to want to root for Braun again. You know, he keeps losing to Brock. This is great.
2: I can't remember when we were at that show. I can't remember if that match went on before Cena and Reigns or if it went on after. Oh,
0: good point. I don't remember what main evented that show now.
2: Because that Cena and Reigns match was so good. It It was good, yeah. it, It brought the... Crowd back because I, I I can't remember the order that it went in, but I remember that Cena and Reigns match. They had the fans hook, line, and sinker.
0: Yeah, that was great,
2: Christopher. Thank you for your question, man. We got deep on that one. That's yes, what she, she said. Did. That's what... <laughs> shame on you,
1: shame,
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Scott. Our next question comes in from Justin Summers. Let's see what Justin's got to say.
1: Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my. I mean, kind of weekly question. I haven't sent anything in the past two weeks because, you know, there's been segments where I can't send anything in. First, it was a Hall of Fame, and then it was Marty DeRosa, and now we're back to listening to the listeners. And, you know, before I get into my question, you know, I've done so much toy spotting over the past couple weeks, some that's been on social media, others that haven't. And I'm getting to the point where I'm buying stuff and I'm not getting to display it yet because I have to redo my entire office, which means I'm going to be organizing it because it's, it's, a, it's a downright mess, but also finding some new spots to hang figures and and just do everything right. My question for you guys this week, I don't think I've heard you talk about it. I mean, I've only been listening to The podcast for almost a year, but I feel like I don't recall any conversations about this particular product. How do you guys feel about micro brawlers? Personally, when they first started coming out, I really wasn't into them. And then I got the crate for two months and I kind of liked those brawlers that were in there. And then with me being into Macho Man, I was like, well, I got to get the Macho King because that Macho King micro brawler is, is pretty awesome. And since then, I feel like they've had some really good releases, whether it be a micro brawler that is going to be a limited run or of you know available for pre-order. So if you want it, like you got this week to go get it or you got a day or two to go get it, like the new Jack, especially the Owen Hart one, the very first one that they released. Really sad I passed up on that one, and it's not a cheap one to find now. But one thing I really like about them is being able to have some figures for wrestlers that might not necessarily have them. You know, as soon as they announced the Danhausen and Micro Brawler, I jumped on it. And I jumped on the second one that they announced just haven't produced and sent yet. When they an- announced the Josh Alexander one, I jumped on that one. I've been watching him since like 2012. And I always loved him and Ethan Page together. And then when they announced the AEW ones, even though he already has figures, but he didn't have one yet and it's getting an official figure here soon but you know i jumped on the Brody lee one i'm not someone who's going to collect all the micro ballers that there are because i'm not even that way with wrestling figures but there's certain ones i see and go you know what those are those are pretty cool i want to buy this one and i'm gonna buy that one it's crazy to think a year ago from right now i think i had none bare minimum i might have had one or two it was towards the end of last year where Started snowballing for me and wanting to buy more and look into more and all that kind of stuff. All right. That will do it for me. Thank you for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. I've kind of missed being able to send these in. Hopefully, I get to send in another one next week as well. And you got to make sure you have your pets spayed and neutered. Later.
2: Thank you, Justin. We missed your question, man. We really did. Um, Regarding the micro brawlers, I love them personally. It just sucks that it's just another thing onto the budget, you know? It's, like, I love the look of them. The paint on them or the deco on them is beautiful. They always do a great job on these micro-brawlers. I don't think they've done one bad one. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I think they're fantastic looking. And like you, I had to jump on the Brody one. The I jumped on the Vader one. Uh, those are the most recent ones I've gotten. I've seen the prices on these, and it's tough to justify the secondhand market prices of these but it's all up to the buyer you know they kind of set the price i didn't even know about the run of macho man friday that they had that one day that was I think ridiculous they put out, dude they put out 28 macho mans in that day <laughs> yes <laughs> you know they there's only 24 hours in a day they put out 28 of them i think or something like that around there roughly Yeah, but I didn't even know about that. And luckily I was able to score the orange trunks, but I wanted all of them. I wanted the mega powers look. I wanted the, uh, I think they did a black and white macho man. Um, I wanted all of them, but missed out what is what it is. But so again, I'll jump back. I think that they're great. I love them. I love the look of them. So, and they make great uh, desk displays.
0: Uh, Yeah, totally. They're the smaller format figure. And I actually feel bad because every time I talk about all of the players in the game, making wrestling figures, I always overlook micro brawlers and I shouldn't because they are such great figure, like price point, attention to detail, a huge roster of names. Like all of the check marks are there that make this a great assortment. And like Justin said, he said it perfectly. There are some guys or gals in this set that otherwise wouldn't have a figure, right? But they can get a micro brawler. And that's amazing. They are definitely players in today's figure game. I think they're awesome. As you said, Jeff, they're great desk displays. It, they kind of remind me of those blind box WWE figures that came out. I wouldn't even call them figures, but they came out in like 2015. And there was like Daniel Bryan, Andre the Giant, Iron Sheik. I think they did a couple of series. Second series was like Sgt. Slaughter, Razor Ramon, Jake the Snake. Those were awesome. I would kind of put the micro brawlers in that category, that they're not really figures, but they're more like you call them, Jeff. Desk displays. Little collectibles. Almost like Funko Pops, but just really smaller than that. But the detail's great. Paint apps are awesome. I don't really collect them, with all that said. I have four on my wall. I have the Legion of Doom, and I have... No, I take that back. I have six. I have the Road Warriors, I have Legion of Doom, and I have Demolition. That's it. I had Chris Hero at one point, but... His secondary market was insane. This was mm-hmm. well after he was released. I needed money for a Disneyland trip. I sold him. And as you said, Jeff, the secondary market will dictate what your figure is worth. It's only worth what somebody's willing to pay. And somebody at that moment was willing to pay quite a bit for it. So that was awesome because it definitely helped out with the Disneyland trip. And that's the thing about these things is once they're gone, they're gone. And that's when the secondary market value is really going to start to increase. So if you want to jump in and it, I would say it's a good return on your investment once these things are gone. And I don't normally jump into figures to flip them, but the values I've seen on some of these compared to what you pay for them is crazy. But aside from that, just jump in cause they're cool. Like the micro ballers are awesome. They really are. I really enjoy them. Cool little collectibles, not super expensive, there's a ton of names on the roster from Legends to Current to Indie, which I think is awesome. So, yeah, definitely worth a look into. And then once they're retired and they hit the secondary market, value just goes up from there.
2: The Chris Hero, I believe, is still high, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I think I saw somebody just mention they sold one for like 200 or $225. Mine didn't go for that much, but man, it's crazy. And again, I don't jump into collecting just to flip figures. That's not really my forte, but if that's your thing, definitely take a look at micro brawlers. If flipping figures is not your thing, just check them out because they're very cool looking.
2: Sky, I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about before Justin's question real, real fast. I was thinking about it. Your taste and love for older wrestling, I think, shows with Mattel right now. And I think that is because they're putting out so many legends and so many older guys That I think they start to see that as well, that a lot of people are now uh, desiring older wrestling, wrestling figures so much that they are kind of leaning that way with the legends and uh, other guys that they put out.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I know that AEW figures aren't put out in the same quantities that the Mattel WWE figures are. But you can definitely see that AEW figures are way harder to find than the WWE ones. So I think that there's a lot of love for AEW's product and AEW as a whole, and I think that a lot of fans are just... I don't want to say a lot of fans. There are people listening that are huge WWE fans, as am I, but I think that there are a lot of people that are dissatisfied with the current product and maybe aren't buying the figures up, and maybe that's turning them over to AEW and putting even more eyes on that product, therefore more hands on the AEW product on the pegs. So I don't know if there's any correlation there, but I think you're right, Jeff. I think that Mattel definitely sees that there's money to be made with the legends. And that's why we're getting so many legends. The last big roundup that we did with new WWE product. Remember we were going down the list, legend, 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 fewer new names, a ton of legends. So you're absolutely right. Mattel sees it.
2: Yep. Thank you, Justin. Scott, last question of the week comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here, back with that weekly submission. This week, I wanted to give you guys my thoughts on what AEW revealed to us at Double or Nothing Fest. Right off the bat, I popped when I saw that Lance Hoyt was finally getting himself a wrestling figure. It's been a long time since Lance has gotten one, so seeing him get a figure finally was awesome. While I wish Unmatched Series... 1 and 2 had gotten more deeper into the AEW roster. I'm not going to completely ignore the series. Darby Allen's figure from Unmatched 1 looks awesome. And I'm getting some Bobby Roode entrance great vibes from the MJF's Unmatched Series 2 figure. Oh, I could see that. Unmatched line 3 begin mostly dedicated to the Dark Order and even giving us a Brody Lee figure was awesome. And we got our first figure with Aub- Aubrey Edwards. Only other thing I have to say is I hope whatever Mattel has in store for us at San Diego Comic-Con or some other reveal event matches up with AEW brought us. Because, man, did we get a lot of great stuff from Double or Nothing Fest. Reminds me of this saying someone I know used to say all the time. What a great time to be a wrestling figure collector. <laughs> Was the saying, I believe. Thank you, Josh Thompson. Yeah, AEW Double or Nothing Fest was really cool. They showed off a lot of great figures. I hope this becomes a yearly thing. Um, I don't know if they'll be doing one for Double or Nothing and one for All Out, or if they switch it up next year or whatever, but I hope they start doing this fest again and showing off figures, kind of similar to what Access was. Exactly. Where they where they would show off figures, you know, it was WrestleMania access. You knew you were gonna go and you were going to see a Mattel booth or Jack's figures or whatever it was. So I'm hoping that yes, this becomes a regular thing.
0: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And I do want to point out Jeff, and we actually should have mentioned this and we were going over the news with all of the names that were announced. We're getting super smash brothers figures, not the Nintendo game. Correct. The PWG Tag Team Super Smash Brothers. I think that that's awesome. Of course, they're not in their Super Smash Brothers gear, but I think that that's great. I remember watching Super Smash Brothers in... Oh, man. Was it like 2012, 2013? They were so much fun to watch. Such a solid tag team. Good to see them showing up in AEW and making some noise. And finally getting figures. And I totally agree on the Hoyt as well with what JT said. Good to see him getting another figure all these years later after, after the toy biz one came out, that was a great looking figure. I'm hoping that Jazzwares does him justice.
2: Absolutely. I think they're going to, um, the Brody Lee figure just blew me away. I was so excited to see that he was going to be in a lineup. I knew it was going to happen. It was just one of those in the back of your mind. you like, you knew it was going to happen. You just didn't know when. And I'm glad it's happening.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's not going to be the last one.
2: I agree. I agree. So thank you, Josh Thompson, for your review of AEW Fest. Scott, that rounds out the show. We want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com where you can find the prices for carded and loose figures on LJ and Gloob's Hasbro's Just Toys bendoms Defining Moments, and Retro. So head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com. Also, we didn't mention them because we didn't have a nostalgia segment, but we also want you guys to check out Wrestling Figure Database where they are updating their website seems like daily with new stuff. So head on over to wrestling figure database next week. We will be back with the nostalgia segment and we will be picking up the series right where we left off. Well, not with Galoob's, with Marty, but with the elites. But in the meantime, if you want to check out any of the future elite (coughs) lines that we'll be talking about, head on over to wrestling figure database.com. Also we want you to check out our good buddies over at the podcasting world of Breaker and Bane, retro show, figure show, wrestling show. They t- cover it all on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also Donkey check show? out No, they haven't gotten into that. Okay, good. Uh, although I'm not opposed to them talking about that.
0: It might not be legal in their state, so that might be why.
2: Oh, oh, good call. Good call. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's legal in America, dude, honestly. <laughs>
0: Ah, it just depends on who you know. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to go to a movies. Sometimes they just well, got it going on in there.
2: Well done. Well done. Also, check out Breaker's Side Project. You know it's fake, right? And, Scott, I hate to say it, but we lost the PHPW Tag Team Championships.
0: Did I finally leave your side? Jump off the of apron and no. let you deal with things on your own?
2: No, but we were in our Rock and Roll Express gear. Oh, and we lost.
0: Of course we did. Yes.
2: But we lost to the new tag champs, Jason Wolfe and Poetic Prophet.
0: Okay, I can deal with that. Watch your backs, boys.
2: But we're leaving the territory, so that's the reason that we dropped the straps. Oh. That's my reason.
0: We quit.
2: No, we didn't. We're getting booked elsewhere. Oh. And other people are paying us more.
0: Oh, so we didn't pull a Steve Austin and take our ball and go home.
2: No, 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 no. Okay. We, you know, we did the favors and went out and okay
0: speaking of doing the favors
2: check out doing the favor with Eric and Barry they have a fun show each actually they got two shows each week one on sports the other on wrestling and wrestling figures and check out their website doingthefavor.com where you can catch those shows and also check out the SKUs and UPC codes over there so check out doingthefavor.com while you're over there check out their shows Check out also Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, where this past week, was it last Friday, I think it was, they dropped 1998 SummerSlam. Nice. Yes, they reviewed that one, not drunk, like you guys did.
0: I try drunk sometimes. It's a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) But they reviewed 1998 SummerSlam, so check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Also, check out our good buddies, Seth, Sheena, and Marco over at the Chick Foley Show, where they do a wrestling and wrestling figure show each week. And also check out their Facebook group. Uh you heard Justin earlier check out his show where he talks about AIW Wrestling Cheers. That's wrestling cheers, like the show cheers, Scott. And he actually does the font like the show cheers. Norm! Norman. So check out wrestling cheers with Justin Summers. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Check out our buddies Rucker and Marty over at Boots of the Face. We mentioned him earlier, and he had on Brian Clark, a.k.a. Adam Baum. Pulling Tim with Pulling Up a Chair. I can't wait to listen to that episode. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, what you got?
0: Yes, give us a follow on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk. This past Friday show was Jim Hurd's Greatest Hits. And you can spell hits with an S in front of it. Kind of tells you what we think about Jim Hurd.
2: Oh, so this is going to be a two oh five jive in only fifteen
0: minutes? (laughs) Yes. Well, it goes a little bit longer than that. I think we stretch it out to about twenty five or thirty. And I give him a little bit of credit, but then you can guess where it goes after that. But again, Drunk Wrestling History with Jim Hurd's Greatest Hits dropped this past Friday. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. At we're Drunk Wrestling History. We're not always accurate but we are always drunk.
2: Also, Marty and Sarah love wrestling, and congratulations to you two on the engagement, and check out Trivia with Buds every single day. Scott, roll call.
0: Yes, of course I want to throw it out to the great, the amazing, the super talented, the artist himself, Jason Wolf. but... Instead of going into the spiel that I normally do about his social media, which is at the Art of Jason Wolf and his website, which is doyle, D O Y L E Jason Wolf has started up a Wolf fan club of sorts. It is going to be a fan club that you pay either a quarterly or yearly subscription to. You get all sorts of goodies based on the quarterly tier, or if you do the yearly one, you get extra goodies, including an exclusive figure. You'll want to check out this deal. It is live right now, pal, over at Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E draws.com. Go check out that Jason Wolf fan club, all sorts of goodies, all sorts of stuff you're going to want. Again, the Jason Wolf fan club over at Doyle Draws. .com. And Jeff, I do want to say again, congratulations to Tim for getting the great Adam Bomb on his show to discuss his upcoming figure from Chella Toys. So happy for him. The figure is going to be amazing. Super happy that Tim scored that interview. And Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call.
2: Scott, that also rounds out episode 281. Anything else?
0: Doyledraws.com. There's only a few fan club spots available. Go jump on them now. You don't want to miss out. Stay safe, stay healthy, fig life since 2016, and happy toy hunting.
2: And I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 281, hashtag fig life. Adios.
1: Uh, Adios. Let's go!
2: Jeff and Scott, the Toon Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.